Yeah, I was just getting sweaty, you know? Yeah, go I, would on. Just, I would just go for a walk, and then my beard would be full of sweat. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. So I wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I never, I never went too, too long with it. I just shaved the other day for, like, the second time during this whole thing, but, like, yeah. You'll get there one day when you're older. Yeah, okay. You'll be able to grow a full beard. I don't have that dirty Italian blood in me. I don't think I have it. Manly, some would say. Masculine. Um, what what are you? Best, I would say, is scented. Thank you. Um, I am, like, as white as white can get. Which, yeah, uh, but really, what is it, though? <laughs> really missed the, the, the mark on that time period to be born in, honestly. <laughs> I do so well that, 100 years ago. Now that we're oppressed. Yeah, you heard it here first, for, folks. And silenced. <laughs> I will not be silenced. Please, <laughs> please ally with me. Oh, God. Okay, well, it was a nice podcast. Well, anyway, yeah. welcome to Talkie Talk, folks. We're back. It's your boys. Ooh. This is Nathan. Oh, it's Tyler. I am Tyler. mostly German and French. French Canadian because the French people came over in like the 1600s and I'm also English and Scottish so I am just like as the worst white. of the worst yep yep I radiate evil and yeah. just expansionism yeah the podcast is canceled now um yeah. anyway but that's why I recommended the platform this week because I I felt very educated already communists now from only seeing the trailer I felt educated and new. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I got everything I needed to from the movie, just from uh, the synopsis. Yeah, just and, from, like, the idea. And I was right. The elevator pitch. This week, oh, literally, no. literally, this week we watched uh, The Platform, 2019 movie, written by David DeSola and directed by, I'm going to mispronounce it, Galder Gaztelu. You nailed it. Eurishia. The other movie we watched was Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters from 1985. It is written by Paul Schrader and Leonard Schrader, uh, the underrated Schrader, and directed by Paul Schrader. Um, I'm going to actually read a quick synopsis for each for the people at home. Go for it. Um, so the platform, the pretty, both of these are very succinct. Uh, the platform is... A vertical prison with one cell per level, two people per cell, one only food platform, and two minutes per day to feed from up to down. An endless nightmare trapped in the hole. And I almost got it. I almost got all that from viewing, but I'm glad I had that. Almost. Yeah. (laughs) And um, uh, Mishima is a fictionalized, excuse me, Tyler. Yeah, okay. It's a fictionalized account in four chapters of the life of celebrated Japanese writer Yukio Mishima. So, platform, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs middle. Absolute. You can't do a middle with this one. I think it's almost betraying the people to give it like such a, you, you, you can't go, you know, either way with it. You have to be thumbs up, thumbs down. And I'm going to go big thumbs up. I really enjoyed the viewing process, and uh, you know, I will elaborate on that later during the okay. Okay, that it's a solid thumbs down for me. <laughs> um, Mishima, what do you think? Thumbs up, big thumbs down. Thumbs up. I would give it two thumbs up. I would give it a big, strong thumbs up. Yeah, I I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I just watched that one today. I watched the platform yesterday. Um, look, I, I'm not gonna say I didn't enjoy 
the platform. I just think it's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just not. Well, let's run good. down the pros first. It, it was filmed. Yep, they used the a actors, camera. The actors knew their lines, I assume. Mostly. For yeah. the most part. Um, it seemed like everyone was casted reasonably. The, the old man was played by an old man. Uh, old I think the middle, the youngish guy was played by a youngish guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if the communist guy was played by a communist, but I really feel like I like the nuance that the movie goes for because he's accused <laughs> of being a communist. But he never outright says, I am a communist. But we learn through his actions that he is on the right side of history and he is a communist. Which is communism, apparently, yeah. Um, Yeah, very, yeah, definitely the subtlety was my favorite part of this movie, too. A hundred percent. I will say, maybe, and hey, maybe this is because I watched uh, Rise of Skywalker the day previous, um, that I'm a little, (laughs) a little more lenient with this. What did you say? The bar was low. Yeah, it's a low bar, but I did watch it and I came away from it and I was like, well, at least they like tried to make a movie with this. That's fair enough. Like it, it yeah. seems like the people who made it cared about it and like were putting effort in. Just the end product wasn't very good. Yeah, they served the strange and, and very um, naive ideas that they believe in yes. that, yeah. <laughs> um, to a point. It's, it's like the prequels, you know? It's like the Star Wars prequels to compare right. it to a Star Wars movie. <clears throat> yeah, they, they tried. Them, but they tried. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this movie is actually a, like a great movie to show a film class of just like how not to write a movie, but also like specifically like why you need feedback. Because I'm sure it feels like yes. this just got like all the way through. And like... Yes. Um, I, I, sorry, continue. Uh, you, you go. I had the same impression from it. I actually had the same thought of like, I'm glad I watched this movie from a cautionary tale perspective because it really, it, especially well, in terms of screenwriting. Right? Yeah, right. Let, <laughs> yeah, I guess you, maybe. Don't let your government put you in an elevator shaft. Willingly. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I felt like the idea they came up with put them in a corner immediately. It was just so limiting that the idea is just so simplistic that there wasn't much they could do with it. And to give them some credit, I felt like they tried to do different things with it. Like I, I really thought it was just going to be like the same thing over and over. They mixed it up at least, um, but... It, I think it prevented it from being cohesive in any way or like saying anything other than, I mean, guys, just like you should share. I feel like it, it, it definitely tried to say a lot. I feel like, God, it's just, there's so much that like, oftentimes I feel like I try and keep like movie criticisms to the, or like at least start out with them with like the empirical stuff, like, like framing and lighting and camera work and stuff. But I think that is mostly where they put themselves in a corner because they only have this like one set to deal with. And even when you change rooms, it's all the same room. And like, I just think like, I, I think it maybe could have made an okay, like 15 minute short film. Yeah. I remember, I remember last week when you recommended it, I was like, Oh, that sounds like a good 15 minute short film. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just like, so 
it's so simplistic that I feel like there's not much to say about the actual like camera work and editing and, and stuff like that. Besides that, it just is like whatever. It's just like yeah. It's not that I, good. <laughs> they definitely. I mean, I definitely felt like they tried. Like they they made choices at certain points i was like oh okay they put a wide lens on this one time um you know a super wide lens so you can tell that they did it um but uh, yeah i mean you know i think i think there are examples of movies who do that well uh 12 angry men is a huge one where the like cinematography has to be incredible to make that work and it really is like it's simple but it's it's so purposeful and it doesn't feel like you're stuck in one room, really. Yeah, there was very little purpose to most of the shots in this, I felt like. It just yeah. was like, show what's happening on screen. Yeah, like, and like, like, do it from a kind of cool angle this time, sometimes. Yeah. If the action is happening, you want the audience to know that it's happening by showing it yeah. on screen and framing it on screen. Right. Um, and I thought it was funny because there was one shot early in the beginning when he like first wakes up in the, in the first room and he's like learning to dine with the guy. And I think it only struck me so much because watching uh, Mishima, there's so much like, I mean, there's so much fantastic cinematography in general in that movie, but there's a lot of um, symmetry too, or like there's a good amount of symmetrical shots. And like this shot was perfectly symmetrical. And I was just like, doesn't, why, why? It doesn't, doesn't need to be, it doesn't look, like, I doesn't need to look like that. Like, I yeah. don't get anything from seeing the whole room when it's just a cell. And it doesn't feel yes. like it says anything. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I, don't th- I didn't feel like the cinematography was used to, like, really effectively convey much. Um, yeah. It was just sort of like, okay, this is different this time. Like, it, it was varied, I think, which is good. But it, it, there didn't seem to be much of a purpose to it. I agree. And there yeah. could be an argument, too, for, like, keeping it even, like, less varied. Like, that could be a, a choice, like, a deliberate choice yeah. to, like, make it, you know, feel more suffocating and, and small. But it didn't – they just kind of it, threw a bunch of stuff at the wall. Yeah, it feels like they didn't put their chips down in any one specific direction, and it just ends up feeling kind of like an average, like, mod pod, just, like, uh, you know – just it's just presented very like lukewarm it's very milk toast it's just like it's just yeah show what's happening on screen it doesn't really matter how you show it yeah I, I you know it's just which which i sometimes find that kind of thing wouldn't usually bring a movie below like a five for me if the story and what was happening on screen was interesting but like oh my god <laughs> yeah i I, Along I, those same, go ahead, go ahead. Just real quick, like I, I don't think I've felt talked down to so much by a movie in so long. Yes, I agree with you. And the same thing you were saying about just being a hodgepodge of different things. I felt like that about the plot, about the story, about the dialogue, just everything. It was just like, here's a bunch of different stuff. Like it was either really politically pandering and like, oh, we're, we're a lot smarter than you. And if you get it, you're smart too. Or it was just like, fucking look how gross this is. Isn't this gross? I was like, what kind of movie is this? Yeah, it's, it, it reminds me a lot of um, Battle Royale. But whereas like Battle Royale was also a very simple concept, but like just executed really well and like with a great tone that didn't take itself too seriously. Um, Battle Royale like really nails it with a lot of like 
dynamic camera work and a lot of like, you know, you know, the dialogue is obviously like not how people talk, but it's very aware of that. There's a lot of zooms, a lot of like hard pans. And then this is just like so, so dry that it like needs something like rewarding to hold on to. That's like, that's that, you know, something stimulating and just like nothing about it is stimulating. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I haven't seen Battle Royale, um, but that makes sense to me. I mean, it, I agree. Like all of it, even the stuff that tried to grab you, like the the shock moments, um, didn't do anything for me. It it was just sort of like dull and sometimes unpleasant and sometimes condescending. Like yeah, I would say often condescending. Like, yeah, especially the the main character and just like the fact that he brings a book, just like dude, I know that got it, me. It, really just like scratched my brain and especially because it's don quixote i swear to god it it was written in like very early like 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 possibly pre-renaissance it might even be like 1400 or something it's the only piece of culture that spanish people talk about at all i i swear to god like hand to god it's the <laughs> only thing i could a little controversial here I, it would be the equivalent of like making this movie in America and he brought like Citizen Kane. He brought like Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, I was just going to say Catcher <laughs> in the Rye. Or, like, Great Gatsby. No, but like, I totally know what you mean. It's like the big book in in the culture. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like the dumbest choice you could make. It's a it, it's like a uh I would say it's the least inspired choice you could probably make. It's like quote unquote smart choice for dumb people. Yeah, if I allow me to speak for the entire country of Spain, you know, Go ahead. All, but yeah, you know, like that book is, is, you know, needs to be left to history. Nobody cares about it anymore. I've never met a single Spanish person that actually understood it or liked it. And that's true. Have you read it? No. Yeah, I haven't either. No, I hear it's really good, actually. That'd I'm be sure a great book. I'm but sure it's good, but I, it, <laughs> I just think that, like, if, if you're a Spanish person and you're watching this, like, I feel like I would grown and like roll my eyes and be like you serious like yeah i'm i'm sure they do honestly i feel like i feel like if anybody the don quixote shit would like appeal to americans be like oh that's like a smart culture book yeah yeah which is who this fucking movie is is made for dude yep. i was looking at the letterboxed reviews for this um which is always just a displeasure to read other people's letterbox reviews not that mine are particularly good but um, so many were like five stars and like, this is so important to watch right now with coronavirus hoarding, like literally, like so many reviews, maybe yeah. half mentioned coronavirus. Yeah. And it's like, I just hate to see people reviewing the politics of something, which isn't that good or like profound in this movie anyway, but yeah. not the execution or like the movie, you know, like, what do you, what did you think about the moving pictures? What was your opinion on those? You know, yeah, and not just I, the idea. I went on Wikipedia to see the critical reception and I was like astounded to see the same thing that it, it got very high reviews from a lot of critics. And then I saw the same thing that it was like people revisited it after the coronavirus epidemic started and have given it even more positive reviews saying like how relevant it is. And it's just like, dude, this is like the most cookie cutter way. I, I would say like it is, it, and, and I usually don't like tear into movies because at the end of the day, like a movie has a lot of people involved with it. They were just doing their job and probably enjoyed it. And I'm, I hope they did because it's, it's always fun to enjoy making stuff. But like it is literally taking a metaphor about how stuff trickles down and like 
literally physically making it trickle down. And it's just like, I, it's, I, I, it's, it's really stretching things to even call it a metaphor because it just is the thing. Yes, I agree <laughs> with that. And I saw a lot of the critical reception too. Well, no, okay. A lot in the audience reception of the movie, people were saying that uh, they're like, oh, it's such like, you have, you have to really think about it to get it. Like, it's such an interesting metaphor. It's like, it's really not a metaphor if it's just happening. If it's just, if that's just what it is. If it's reality and it's just happening and it's a less nuanced version of a metaphor. Like, it's just the thing. It's just the thing that you think it would be. Exactly. It's not even how that thing is embodied in like contemporary culture. It's just how, it is literally the idea of the thing like made physical. It's so... And, and the, the way that they try to, like, I feel like they try to check all, like, the dystopian checkboxes off. Like, the, the they were talking about, like, the administration. Like, so like I was just like, what, what, do you, what do you, like, the administration is what you go with? And that woman was like, I bet you think that everything the administration does is bad. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I, it seems like that. Yeah, it seems like that's completely true. Like. Yeah, they like. I, I almost like there's an attempt to like put nuance in it by having characters that like disagreed, but they were still like clearly wrong. Yeah. So it doesn't really work. I think that's what they tried to do with that, like you know, cancer woman character. That it's just like, oh yeah, people in the bad side are good people too, and it's just like that is very clearly not being like conveyed right now with the fact that like people are in <laughs> in this like torture chamber and it's not even it's not really made clear i almost feel like they should have gone either just completely metaphorical with it or completely with literal with it because they kind of waver in between especially with the ending is like full metaphor yeah but then yeah. they're always talking about like you know, maybe they wanted to see how this would play out so they could learn for the outside world or like, you know, the administration is doing this and they tried to set it up with that like system of questions that he was asking. It's just like, you need to either flesh out the world and add 20 minutes onto the movie or just, just, just go full metaphor. Cause I saw it being compared in the critical reception that someone compared it to waiting for Godot. And I was just like, that is completely a metaphor and like way more nuanced and, and thought provoking than this movie. This movie leaves you with like nothing. Yeah, I haven't, I've also not seen the, that play or, or read it, but yeah, I mean, don't compare bad things to good things. <laughs> I saw people oh. comparing it to Parasite too. Was, no. Yeah. Parasite's, Parasite's a great movie that I think a lot of people, especially liberals, uh, misinterpret. Go on. I think it's very sympathetic, I think, to working class people. But a lot of people view it in the black and white version of like, okay, the poor people are the good guys and the rich people are the bad guys. And I totally think that flies in the face of everything um, Bong Joon-ho was trying to do. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think maybe some people think that because he directed Snowpiercer, which was a much more black and white and actually kind of a good comparison movie for this movie because, you know, Snowpiercer, I would say the politics of it are just as uninteresting, but like, goddamn, at least that movie was entertaining. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At least it's just like a fucking train flying through the snow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I, it just seemed like I couldn't even tell if, the creator of this movie like thought if this was like his 
baby and like the, he was really just so bad at, at writing nuanced ideas that like it's just his like passion piece and he's very a very political person which is like I would I would like that better than if it was just like yeah this you know throw this in there like yeah. all, these, all these weird things that are like lightly touched on that are so obviously meant to like really loosely connect it with like the goings on of modern day like when the guy's like Ah, I threw my TV out the window and it hit some immigrant. Most on the nose shit. Yeah. I know. It like, makes no sense. Yeah, dude. You like good things. You're a communist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, there's just a lot of shit there that did seem pandery. I don't know. I got the impression that when I was watching it, I was like, okay, so clearly somebody like cared about this. Because it, it, it didn't I seem think, like it, there wasn't any effort. And I, I think the yeah. fact that they did try a bunch of different things with the concept, and like it seemed like they were like trying, you know? Like, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, that's like not what I expected. It's not good, but, you know, they're trying to do something with this like dead end concept. Yeah, that's, that's what exactly, dead end is like a perfect way of putting it because that's actually like how I felt about the ending of the movie was that it was just like, oh, I, I had an idea I forgot what to put on the end of the idea. <laughs> yes. I forgot how to implement the idea. So I'm just going to go full metaphor and just like, yeah, maybe he's dead. Maybe he's dreaming. It felt so, like it literally, like there was no outlining involved. There was no pre-planning. He's just like, oh, I got this great idea. And he started writing and just like wrote himself into a corner. He's like, well, you know, it's smart because yeah. it's not literal all of a sudden. So they'll like it. Yeah. And like, the, you're trying to go for this idea. The, you're, like they scratched a couple times the nuanced idea of like people living conditionally and that evil comes out when you're at the top because you get, um, you know, you get selfish. But then it's just like these people are at the top and obviously they're going to act selfish towards people who are like a hundred levels below them because that's how it works. That's what the system brings out. But like there's no legitimate reason unless those two people on level five actually were just both psychopaths that they would do that to a guy. Yeah. Like there's, there's no reason. It seems like every month, like the first 10 levels would probably get out. Cause it's just like, I, yeah, I mean, right. They just work together yeah. and fucking. Yeah. It's like, it, is it really that every single month, like the people at the top just all turn into psychopaths when like, I don't know. I feel like that's the thing is like, you know, for the people who are way at the bottom, then it, it, it's much worse because they're going through levels and levels of people saying like more for me. But when it's literally below 10 levels, below even like 20 levels, it's just like, yeah, you, you, it doesn't make sense if you're going for that conditional uh, scenario that these people would all still be like fighting to the death for this huge sum of food. It's just like, yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. I mean, I think I think the intention there was like, look how racism. I think that was just. I don't know. I just yeah. think that was it. They like, well, they hate black people, so that's why they would shit on this dude's head. Like, it just. I yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. It did. I like. I think that's as far as the thinking went with that. Yeah, you know? it, it did feel kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> was- um. Something else I just remembered about this movie. They kept like just skipping through parts that would be difficult to write. Like in the first sequence where it's the protagonist and the old man and they start off like completely at odds and mistrusting each other. That's like the whole first scene. And then they just do a montage of them like yeah. becoming best friends. Yep. Yeah. And it ends 
like there's literally one scene with them, like maybe one or two scenes. I, I, I think it might be one scene of them. Like they wake up, they're together. He's finding out about it. And then there's that whole montage. And then they like get gassed to sleep because they switch up the floors and then they wake up and immediately the guys at his fucking throat, like got him tied up and is willing to eat him. And it's like, what? Like they just skipped everything and then reversed it anyway. And it's just like, yeah. Like if you want that to be effective, you have to have a see them having like a good relationship in like a scene where they like are talking to each other, interact. That was the same way that I felt about the last guy, the Baharat or whatever, which I am actually Googling right now because it sounds very biblical. And Probably. I'm sure, I'm sure is a. They kept making like Bible references to like, oh, the Messiah. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, when did the fuck did that happen? There was just so much thrown in there on a surface level that like didn't seem to mean anything or do anything. Yeah, I. It's just the way that they made their. I forget. Would was Baharit? Was he just admitted or something? Did they say how long he had been there? Which one was he? Remind me. He was the black guy, the guy that he ended up with. Yeah. Um, no, I think he had been there. No, he had been there for a while because he said that he was like trying on lower floors or something. And then okay, he was yeah, on the yeah. eighth floor and he's like, well, if I can't, if nobody helped me up there even, like I'm fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I thought his character was like, just so like, again, the same thing. It was just like, they were immediately friends. He was just like, he like, like the way he just convinced this guy, it was almost like he was like Forrest Gumpy in this movie. He was just yeah. like a really like simple guy, like always trusting people. And then he's just like, he's like, what kind of a madman would, would <laughs> send themselves down from level six? And he's like, two madmen on fire. And he's like, that's enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Or even just like wait till the end of the month and gain a shit ton of weight and then go down. Yeah, true. Like fucking save up. That was another issue I had with the movie was that I feel like that, that that also really like got at me in terms of just how hard they were pushing this really altruistic figure of the main character is just like, he's just like not eating in the beginning. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, you got to eat. <laughs> like, Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was like supposed to show a flaw in him because at first it was like, it seemed, it's hard, it's hard to know 100%. I think especially talking about it more, probably that was tried to be shown as a noble thing. But the way I took it at first is that this dude like thinks he's better than all of it. And like, that's why he's bringing the book. And that's why I was hoping for. Yeah. But then later when they try to tie the book, like into the narrative itself, it's like, Oh wait, Oh wait. Yeah. Use the themes of the book. It's like, Oh, okay. Like I thought what it was at first is this like fucking pseudo intellectual guy who's bringing a book and like thinks he's better than it. And he's just going for his like education. There's a little bit of that, but then they leaned too much into like him being the smartest person there. And, yeah. Like, or like the most caring. And then, and then yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Cause I feel like there's, is, there's so much I want to assign this movie to give it the benefit of the doubt, but I, like just the way it handles all these themes is trying to go for it feels like it's just not doing it. Like, I just don't believe that it really is capable of conveying that kind of nuance. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, I don't know. Both could be true too. Like they have this idea for this guy and then yeah. as he continued writing, 
he was like, oh, but like, what about this? Like, it just really seems like there's a lot. The character isn't fully realized, I feel like. It's just like a bunch of different ideas thrown together. Yeah. It's not, it's just not super coherent overall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Although, great. watching, um, watching The Rise of Skywalker the day before, this movie was way more coherent, made way more <laughs> sense to me. I seriously think like, because at first when I was watching it, like afterwards, I was like, yeah, it wasn't good. But like, you know, like it tr- at least it tried. So I'm thinking like, oh, you know, maybe it's a decent movie. I'm like, actually, no, my standards are just fucking rock bottom after yesterday. The Rise of Skywalker, kind of sick. <laughs> kind of in a league of its own, you got to admit. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think... Honestly, like, I don't really give a shit about Star Wars at this point. Like, you know, the originals are fun. I like them. But yeah. I, the past couple of years, it's been like, yeah, whatever. I've never been a huge Star Wars fanboy either. So I was like the video games more, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, the games are fun. I mean, I, I think it's fun. It's, it's a fun, you know, it's a fun uh, IP. But, you know, I was never a huge Star Wars fan. So this doesn't come from any place of, like, Oh, they they messed up my universe. Although, yeah, they didn't give a shit for anything that came before it. Um, no, they just. But it was, in my opinion, like the most despicable big budget blockbuster maybe ever. It was just so soulless and like literally incoherent. Like it didn't make sense. It wasn't even internally consistent. It, it wasn't. It was like the other two movies didn't even happen. Honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like the fucking first half of the movie didn't happen when the second half happens, you know? It's, it, <laughs> it's just constantly, like, leaving parts of itself behind, like a slug. Yeah, just, and just making shit up as it goes. Dude, and, like, yeah. All of a sudden, Ray and Kylo are like, what, they kiss? What? <laughs> like, w- why? Just sure. all of it. All of it was just like doesn't make any sense. Kylo's I, character doesn't even matter in the end. He doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, which is up. Sucks. he was the most promising out of all of them. Absolutely. By the, by the midpoint of the second movie, I was almost like, okay, yeah, okay, and then it just, just went off the fucking rails. But like, dude, yeah, yeah, he he. He ended up not only not mattering, but like looking back at the first movie, by the end of the first movie, you're already kind of like convinced that Kylo is is, is kind of a joke. But like, right. but like it plays it kind of well that he's like this edgy, t- he's like a school shooter. He's like edgy, but he probably could kill you. Yes. And like, and like there is a little bit of fun stuff they were doing with that where like he would have outbursts, but he was actually killing people. And yeah. Then, and like the massacre that they have, I think it's at the start of the second movie where they like go into that village and he like stops the blaster bolt. Mm. Might, might be the first one. I think it is the first one. But I thought that was sick and they just like kill a whole village, like an innocent village. And yeah. remember when that was crazy? The fact that he could like stop a blaster bolt was like, wow, this is fucking force power that we've never seen before. <laughs> and Did now... You- <laughs> Yeah, now you can fucking resurrect people, yo, dude. Like raise the. Here's the thing too: is like raise, just like power climb that like absolute power sprint that she does is like it. it not only kind of like invalidates her as a protagonist, but it invalidates Kylo Ren as an antagonist too. Because it's just like you 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 set this guy up as like kind of a joke but like a dangerous joke. And then he's just a joke by like the start of the second movie. He's just a joke. Cause like, I don't believe that he's really going to stand up to Ray when Ray can just like beat him in a lightsaber duel in the first movie without any prior training. Like 
Dude, yeah, it, it really, like, it robs the character, like you said, of any sort of interesting arc or any interesting development. Yeah. I mean, it, it's similar to this movie, but way worse. It's very pandering, and it's condescending in a lot of ways, too. Like, I'd rather see an actual strong female protagonist who, like, you know, is, like, a human being yeah, than this like just, like, super-powered early 20s girl. It's it, yeah. Yeah. It's just not interesting. Yeah, I'll never understand. I, I think that is a very vocal minority who, who actually think that Ray is like a good like feminist icon and like yeah. not a man. Like I, I think most people can agree that just like I mean her like regardless of any politics behind it, like her power climb and the fact that she really never suffers for like any mistake that she makes. Yeah, <laughs> is, rarely. Is, is like it's which and like especially in the second movie, which is supposed to be kinda like the partner with um empire strikes back like her moment of like failure isn't even a moment of failure it's honestly like a second moment of failure for luke it gives him like another dip in his arc because he's yeah. like it's so weird that like he fails the first time because he didn't respect that like other people knew better than him and the other people being like the jedi who came before him and like yoda who is like a Jedi master who should, he should probably listen to. And then he doesn't. And then he loses. Yeah. And then Ray does the same thing. She doesn't listen to her Jedi master. Who's Luke this time. And then Yoda comes back from the dead just to tell Luke that he was wrong again for doing what Yoda 40 years ago would have wanted him to do. Like, I forgot about that. Oh man. Like, yeah. Can't win. Luke got fucked over in that movie for Dude, real. Yeah, and dies from using the force too hard dude speaking of which speaking of which dude carrie fisher dies in real life and in the last jedi fucking princess leia dies and then gets brought back to life even though carrie fisher had already died just to be in this movie and do nothing mumble ray a few times say ben lay down and fucking die it's the worst and it dude it's like mad disrespectful to yeah. carrie fisher like it, that genuinely made me upset yeah because it's like, that's her legacy and you're literally like dragging a cg fucking little bits from oh, dude it's disgusting it's disgusting. it really is like digging yeah. her up and fucking using her like a puppet it's yeah. disgusting it's disgusting yeah. anyway the platform <laughs> Talking about ridiculous. Dude, I just had to, we had to talk about that because this is the second episode that we had a a break in the middle to rant about new Star Wars. (laughs) Rise of Skywalker, though, is worth ranting about. Dude, like The Last Jedi in retrospect is just like, oh, okay, I guess it's kind of like, it's not great. This movie was, this movie was a fucking like, one out of 10. If we're saying that zero isn't a valid score, it's a one out of 10. It's it's seriously one of the worst movies I've ever seen, just in terms of of how it flies in the face of everything that you know the original creators and and fans would want, and yeah. not just that, it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah. at all. It's so uninteresting. It's so boring. It's just thing after thing after thing. No imagination. No and, love. And, and so much stuff that doesn't even not only doesn't make sense, but some stuff that actually seems like actively against the fans. Like the scene where C-3PO is literally having his mind erased 
by like these and let's like backtrack i don't even know how much time has passed over the three movies altogether but i i do not think that c3po has known these people for more than a year i think all these movies kind of take place like one after another if i if i remember i think so yeah and and like c3po is literally having his memories erased to like serve these new characters purposes who he's not really friends with and who always treat him like shit anyway. And then and then in the end, he's like, I'm taking one last look at my friends. Dude, they fucking and bully like, him the whole movie. <laughs> they, like, indoctrinate him into Stockholm Syndrome. Dude, and it's so fucked. But then, but then there's literally no stakes of that either because they just played off oh, yeah. right yeah, after. Soon, as soon as Chewbacca didn't die, I was like, <laughs> it nothing matters anymore. Like, Going back to, like, how Rey never suffers for anything she does... First of all, I mean, she's forced pulling a spaceship, which, no. And then she fucking does a lightning bolt accidentally, which, you know, you think you'd have to be pretty far into the dark side to do something like that, but whatever. Yeah. Blows up the fucking ship, and then the very next scene, Chewbacca just, just marched in. Oh, I guess he was on a different ship. Dude, that's the what? best part. What? Is that, is that Finn saw this, them taking Chewbacca into the ship, it's the only one. Ray. Yeah, there's no other ship. And then Ray blows up that ship, and then Finn's just like, oh, I guess there were two, and I was looking at the wrong one, and I also didn't see the right one. And oh, because Finn screams when she blows up the ship. Yeah. And I was like, if this was, I remember sitting in the theater watching that, and I was like, if this was either the first or second movie, or they had legitimately established stakes up to this point in this trilogy. I would believe that Chewie is dead and I would think this is interesting. And as soon as it happened, I was like, Chewie's not dead. And lo and behold. Yeah, I texted you when that happened. And I was like, <laughs> uh-oh, Chewie's dead, probably not. And the next <laughs> yeah. fucking scene. Yeah, it's it's just an embarrassing movie. And like the, the it last It is embarrassing. Jedi, it really is. Yeah. The Last Jedi was like half of that movie with that casino plot was just like unimportant. And and the half of the movie that was important was a better movie than this whole movie. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like in retrospect, it's like, okay, at least they tried something. I don't think they did it particularly well. Um, uh, but uh, this movie just didn't try to do anything. It was just retreading the whole thing. It was just pandering for pandering's sake in a way that I, I would doubt that fans would even like because it's so on the nose. I mean, some people are going to love it anyway, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah. It was despicable. Like, it literally, like, there was no heart or soul or and just effort. Like, even the actors seemed like they didn't fucking give a shit. Those, those interviews of the actors after the movie comes out or, like, right at the time that the movie's coming out are just, like, I, it's so funny. It's so yeah. great. Like, they give Oscar Isaac such terrible lines in this movie, and he just, like, delivers them with yeah. zero conviction. And I was like, all right, I respect it. Like... That's cool. Could you, could you imagine getting cast in a Star Wars movie and, and, and it just turns into this and you're just a meme? Yeah. Dude, what a disappointment. At least he can laugh all the way to the bank with that one. <laughs> That's true. Dude, one of the clips I saw of him was like, there, it's like, uh, it's like uh, Finn and Poe, I don't remember both the names, Oscar Isaac and I forget his name. Um, but they're in an interview and somebody like asked them, like, so if there was, if there was a way to um you know if disney wanted to continue with these characters like as a spin-off movies or disney plus series would you do it and oscar isaac just goes nope 
<laughs> and then and then uh, Finn goes like, not even for like a million dollars. And he goes, no, I'm cashed in my chips. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the actor for Finn says, you're not going to Disney plus me. Didn't he yep, say that? Yep. Yeah. So funny. I love those guys. Like, I yeah. hope, I hope, I think Oscar Isaac's done a bunch of other stuff, but I want to, I want to see them more in more stuff. Cause like you yeah. can tell that they are like good charismatic actors. They're just in a yeah, terrible cool. movie. Yeah. It's, I, I feel so bad for Finn too. Cause like, he's the same thing as Kylo Ren. Like he's, he's a fucking joke by the end of the first movie. Like he, he, he could have been the most interesting character being like a stormtrooper who breaks rank and then leaves. And like his intro is great too. He gets the like bloody handprint on his helmet and then he like sheds the helmet with the, like, that's a great, that's sick. it's, it's a great character intro. And like, it's just totally dropped and he's just not a real person anymore. Dude, I literally like forgot that he used to be a stormtrooper until they brought it up again later, like, I don't know, midway in this movie. Cause they're like, oh, remember? It's just like, fuck, dude. Cause like they meet up with the other group of people who also used to be stormtroopers, but then nothing happens with it anyway. Yeah, what's um, up with that? They it's- just throw shit at the wall and like don't care what hits. And the part where like this ain't- <laughs> the ancient Sith dagger lines up perfectly with Dude. the charred debris of the death star like what i do that moment i was like no fucking way yeah i just kept like talking at my tv i just kept being like dude what yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. one moment where ray goes they're like they see the festival or whatever dude every every location they go to in this movie also they're there for like 10 minutes nothing happens and then they dip and it's like all fucking sand planets. Yeah. It's so, but anyway, um, she walks up to the top of the hill and she goes, I've never seen anything like this before. And I just said out loud, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so phoned in. Yeah. It's, it's like nothing, nothing feels like it has any weight. And, and, I said this before, but like at least in some movies, even if they're not good, you can you can usually tell when like the cast wanted to be there and was at least enjoying themselves. Yeah. And yeah. like there's no soul <laughs> in that movie. No one who did anything gave any shit about this movie at all. No. And it's literally just there to like sell products and fucking just sell tickets, too. It's just a fucking cash grab for Disney who already has enough cash. It's it's straight up despicable it's it's even the cg was not good like there were so many scenes that just looked fucking terrible it's like if there's one thing i expect from a fucking modern stars movie it's at least like make it look kind of cool like show me a cool planet and have some decent cg and none of that was there either yeah yeah that's why i think I, I wonder, I won't say I, I think because I'm not sure, but I do think if, if Ryan Johnson directed the whole trilogy, I think we would have gotten at least a pretty good product because I think a lot of his missteps in the second one came from having to deal with this movie where, or the second part of a trilogy where like the first third is already set up for him by a, a director who's completely different from his style. And he has to balance that while making it interesting in his own way and trying to bring some stakes into it. But like kind of, he clearly tried to like kind of rewrite the entire course of the whole trilogy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like he very clearly was like, I'm going to, I'm going to redact some shit from the first movie. Yeah. And I think, I honestly think, especially seeing his other stuff and knowing he directed Ozzy Mendias, 
in Breaking Bad. Just he's like, a good director. He's a talented guy. Yeah, and it just just thinking with that hindsight is just like I, I think he just was too railroaded. I think he was just pushed in a direction, and they said, "No, you can do some cool things," but like, because mm. visually, I think that's the best movie, especially with that like the suicide warp speed shot is sick. When that, uh, if you know, if you remember the shot I'm talking about, I don't think it, I do. It's like the um, what's her face. The like general lady who's not Leia like gets up oh, yeah. and then suicide warp speeds into the um, star destroyer and it looks sick. And then the whole final fight on the like red salt planet looks sick. Yeah. This layer of salt above this red crust. It was really cool visually. I agree. Like, but then it's just like, where is this so much? This story shit doesn't make sense. And then the third one was just like, dude, Rise of Skywalker was just like, all right, we're not even going to try anymore. Like, we're not even going to pretend. Exactly. There was zero effort. There's nothing to even hold on to. I finished that movie and I was like, did I just watch that movie or was I staring at my wall for two hours? Yeah. Like, there's just nothing to Water. hold on to. Water movie. It is. It is straight up just like, like, like lukewarm water <laughs> that you have to chug for two hours. It's fucking terrible. Anyway... Let's get back on to uh, the movies. The platform. I, I think we've talked enough about the platform. I, I, yeah, I don't have that much else to say. Other That's than the thing with the platform is that it was so like, eh, I can't even like talk about it that much. <laughs> like, There's much yeah. more to say about a fucking horrible movie like The Rise of Skywalker. A movie like this, it's like, well, platform whatever. Platform is definitely not good. No, it's not good. That's why I, I thought that the thumbs up was a meme, but I wasn't sure. I mean, it's it's a meme. I do think that there is like reason to watch it. Specifically, learning like how you would want to structure a movie and write a movie so that you know you don't do that. Like, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I I do. Yeah, no, it's not good. <laughs> All right. Um. So let's do a quick rate out of ten. What would you say? I would give it like a three and a half to a four. I was gonna say four. Yep. Yeah, because it's like bad. It but yeah. they they tried at least a bit. You know. Yeah. It's not like offensively bad. It's just like, uh, like try it's better next time. Bad. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think a four is is where I've landed at. It's like it's it's just bad, you know. Yeah. It's just yeah. bad. Um, on to better things, bigger and better things. Yeah, Mishima, I thought was very good. I think a lot of it went over my head because I I don't know anything about the author. I don't yeah. know anything about Japanese politics, but at the same time, I could tell that Paul Schrader really fucking did. Like he knew his shit. And Paul like, Schrader is a weeb, clearly. Yeah, dude. I he's just great. Did you did you end up watching that little um, documentary thing on Criterion? No, I didn't. I recommend so it. It it's great because he's just like he doesn't give a fuck. He's just this fucking old dude who doesn't give a shit and just like. He's made mad movies, and in this documentary, he's like, yeah, I've, I think I've, I've been involved in three great movies and then three good movies, and that's just how it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was, and, and I, I saw a quote from him about this movie, actually, that was very interesting to me. So about this movie, he said, um, it's the one I'd stand by. As a screenwriter, it's Taxi Driver, but as a director, it's Mishima. Damn. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, incredible direction, clearly. Like, it just, it really felt like Paul Schrader made this movie for himself. And yeah. I love that so much. Like, yeah. you can tell he just fucking loves this author and just put his all into it. it it's, it's great to see. 
so many, so like everything's just deliberate. Like even if I don't a hundred percent understand, like I don't understand the history. I don't really know the author. I was still able to like understand like what it was doing and, and enjoy it. And the visuals are so good that it like, it made me care about everything else because it was just so beautiful. And I was like, it gave it so much more weight. Yeah. I actually honestly would stand. Well, I mean, I know he obviously didn't direct Taxi Driver, but I was actually, I didn't even know that he wrote Taxi Driver because I was going to say I get Taxi Driver vibes from this actually. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean this, um, I wouldn't say that I like this more than Taxi Driver, but it definitely has like more of a style to it, I think, or more of a distinct style. Yeah. So he's one of those directors that has a style, but manages to make it feel like normal, kind of like Tarantino does. I think part of that with Taxi Driver is that it was so influential that like you see all the shit it has inspired. Yeah, that's true too. But it did pioneer a lot of that stuff, like a lot of the techniques. Yeah. Great movie. I love that movie. Um, yeah. But no, I do know what you're saying. This movie is like unlike any other movie I've ever seen visually. I love, I, oh, dude, I loved how he brought in like three of his novels and like did adaptations of the novels in the movie. It was intercutting. And I fucking love how the set design for the novel portions was like so like stage play, but on a huge scale. Yeah. So yep. cool. Like you saw the moving parts. Like you'd see the grooves where the set moves. Yep. You'd see the fucking black space around it. So yep. cool. Just so beautiful. Every single one of them was so distinct. It was also yep. purposeful. Yeah, I really liked that. That's what I'm saying. Is that like that distinct style? Is that like uh, it's just you would you would not see anything like this in in like Taxi Driver. <laughs> you would not see anything like a moving set like that. Like yeah, the way that things move the way things are set up is so specific and like so well utilized and i love the way that he goes beyond the set like in a couple sets he keeps the camera within the set and a couple sets there are no boundaries to the set yes but like the scene with the police raid where all the doors tear away oh dude i love that the just the walls break down and it's just the black space yep so cool the scene where um, he's in that like masochistic love den with that woman and like they shoot. So it, the, the, uh, first of all, I love the curvature of that room, the like weird, like wavy outside to it. And it like cuts in and out of the frame and you can see the black space outside of it. So fucking cool. Yeah. The part with the, um, the prostitute. And I think the first story, Yes. When, when he's just sitting there, it looks like house with those like floating objects just like sitting there. And I'm just so like, cool. Fuck. <laughs> I loved it. I love it. Just such bold choices that looked incredible. Dude, I, that's why I love Paul Schrader, at least what I've seen by him. First Reformed, there's a lot of that. Um, the, the little documentary on Criterion is actually him on the set of First Reformed for a lot of it. It's really cool to see him talk about it. Um, he talks about how. Um, yeah, he says it a lot better, but he's like, there are like, he's like, there's six shots that are directly shot for shot from a taxi driver, and two of them were intentional. <laughs> it's like, and he's like, the other ones are just like, that's what came yeah. to me as the most effective shot for the scene. And then in retrospect, I figured out that I, you know, it was also used on, on taxi driver. Yeah. But it's, it's just so clear how much thought he puts into it and how hands on he is with the cinematography, too. Which, yeah. I mean, a lot of directors are, but him especially, like, you see him working and he's, like, so 
clear about how everything needs to move and how to look. Like he's so hands-on. He's so like just non-pretentious too, which is great to see. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he's great. And this one made me like him a lot more. I'm definitely going to watch the other two. I think the collection's leaving Criterion at the end of this month. That's um, But yeah, he's just a fascinating yeah. filmmaker. Yeah, that, um, I remember watching First Reformed and I think <clears throat> the, having not seen like any of his other stuff, um, I kind of couldn't tell like how much was intentional and how much just was like kind of odd. And I really couldn't tell like what, like what went where after seeing this, I think I have to give first form another watch. Cause I liked it enough the first time, but knowing that like clearly almost everything has got to be intentional, then like, I think I would like it a lot more. Yeah. Just cause especially cause first form has a little bit more of like an indie feel to it little 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 diff- this is like so studio like made in the studio but so purposeful and like so yes crisp. yeah that's also good to see when it's like a big budget i don't know how big a budget but you can tell there's a lot of money behind this and yeah. it's still got that like art house feel to it um yep. i love that but uh yeah i think you would like first reformed a lot more after watching this um i think watch the documentary before it's just like a half hour documentary mm-hmm before you watch First Reformed, because watching that, it makes it clear that like 100% of it was intentional. Mm-hmm. He, he talks about like the set design, like all, all the thought behind the set design, about like when he starts shots and like when he ends them. He talks about this like sort of push and pull with like trying to alienate the audience while still giving them a reason to like push back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really cool. It, it definitely even like, it, it, he highlighted some things that I hadn't even like thought about after even after two watches and like really loving the movie um so i think i think that especially will make you be like okay yeah like and I, yep. second viewing for me too the first time i watched it i was kind of similar with you like i really liked it but some of it was like is this really like intentional or is this like just kind of amateurish i didn't know that it was I, I didn't know it was paul schrader the first time i watched it um but watching it the second time knowing how it turns out i was like okay like this this all works yeah yeah I'll, i'm definitely going to have to give that a rewatch Oh man, I'm definitely going to watch probably most of his stuff after this. I mean, this is yeah. like, <laughs> this is fucking great. Like yeah. as soon as, um, the first, I mean, the first scene was great, but I think as soon as it went into the fucking golden temple, um, scene, I was like, okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see it. Yeah. I was like, all right, you got me. You got <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. It was, it was great. So much stuff going on with great framing, great use of camera when he's like, hovering over that girl's tit and it just like does the dolly zoom in the background like i don't know if they dolly zoom it felt like they did more than a dolly zoom like they dolly zoomed and i think pushed the set in yeah i think yeah i think definitely the set was literally moving yeah it 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 reminded me or not reminded me because this came first but i it's like i just i think this really is like my favorite type of movie a lot like it's, like it's why i love stanley kubrick and wes anderson so much is that it's just like like it's a movie like it's not real yes fuck with it like you know we're, we're gonna yes. fuck with the medium it's like it's it's just not real get over it a hundred percent a hundred percent dude yeah that that is like what uh, frees you up the most as a filmmaker i think yeah. is just being like well whatever it's a movie yeah. <laughs> like, yeah exactly like it doesn't matter like because so many movies like try to fucking trip over themselves trying to like especially if they go for something like somewhat surreal and yeah. they're they're a bigger like blockbustery type of movie i'm thinking of this movie in particular mr nobody um 
don't know if you've seen that, but basically it's like half, like half the movie is really cool and surreal. And the other half is like trying to explain why it's happening and why it makes sense. Yeah. It's like, yo, it's yeah. a movie though. Like it's not real life. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, like cut just it do out. <laughs> it. Like it's pretend, like just use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it also frees you up with a lot of like how, how you can write too, even with dialogue is like this movie you know, if some of the dialogue actually felt kind of like anime-y where like people would just like say what they mean yeah, and just speak very bluntly, but it was like, it was okay. Cause like I got all I needed from what was going on. And like, I didn't care that some stuff was just kind of like there. Yeah. I didn't it was a style. Like, yeah. I didn't feel like it was like force feeding me anything or holding my hand. Cause yeah, there's never. Just so much to read into and so much that like went over my head too. Exactly. Like what yeah. you said. <laughs> I didn't read anything about it before I watched it. I had no idea what it was about. Um, I got yeah, the idea that it was like like real history being presented through fiction. I didn't know that they were the works of a real author until like we started this podcast. And you oh, said, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't know he was a real guy. But um, yeah, I got the feeling, you know, just the way it was presented and presented so well, um, especially with like different color schemes and like different tones for each section is just so well presented you always know where you are um yeah even though it's not it's not over explained like some movies would do again like 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 um uh millennium actress did where it's like you have the two cameramen who are like commenting on it it just visually made it clear what was happening i mean yeah they would do like the little sidebar which is kind of it's like almost like a documentary touch where they were like this book from this year but it, yeah. it worked with the tone for yeah. sure. Yeah. And it wasn't always there. You know what I mean? It was just the first time. So, okay, that's what, this is the book that this is based on. And then they'll just intercut because yeah. it's so clear. I'm just going to throw it in. Yeah. And like, I feel like because each one had such a strong style to it, um, it, it just worked. You always knew, even when they were confusing, when there was that match cut with the door closing or opening at one point, either in his real life or in one of the other, I think it was in his real life and then it opens and it's the story about the guy who gets in that like S&M relationship with that woman. Yeah. And, and it's just like, yeah, I know where this is because the last one was in black and white. This one is like huge pink neon hues. It's perfect. I know everything I need to know visually. 100%. It's just, it's just it's just nice yeah there's no fat on it it's it's so succinct it's just like you know like we both said like there's stuff that went over our heads but it's it's all put together so purposefully that you know i completely trust him you know like it's (laughs) there's no question of like well maybe it's because i don't understand the backstory it's like no like clearly this dude fucking loves this author yeah is like overjoyed at the opportunity to be able to make this and if I knew more, I'd probably pick up on, on more of all this yeah, like sure. great yeah. stuff that's going on. Yeah. It's, and it, I, it, it doesn't seem like there's extra stuff on there. It's just like, oh, well, I'm sure, that, like, I'm sure that's important because yeah. there's so many clear choices that I completely trust him at this point. You know? I, I didn't even realize until like, I had so many different little like theories as to what, what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah. I read like the little criterion thing. I was like, based on the life. Oh, okay. It's probably good to know. I kept looking for an actor with a mole in the middle of his face. So I'd be like, okay, that's the main guy. (laughs) Right. Right. It was so funny. And then I was like, okay, I get it. They're using different actors to represent him at different points in his life because it fits the different tones. And then I was like, 
but it was cool because that's like obviously wrong but like not completely wrong with it still it. works with it yeah like it's, it's like, yeah that's true even if you have yeah. no idea that this is based on a real story it still 100 percent works yeah i think a lot of what uh, i mean because i think it goes really well with that idea I feel like what, you know, what they were going for was that like blend of like, you know, who like, like you can't actually tell what is part of his life and what is just happening in the novel that they're referencing and what is like kind of both and what is like they, they, even though they're distinct and you can tell which one they're, you're in right now, you do get this feeling that they flow into each other in terms of like subject matter, especially with like the homosexual and the like, gender stuff i feel like is really consistent throughout a lot of it yeah 100 percent. yeah i i totally agree with you there that it's it's this blending as one of the big themes of this as well is this like this idea that you know your words or your art is 100 percent distinct from your life but there's like a part of you in each of those so the you know the truth about who you are is going to come out in both of those things even though they are completely distinct and it's yeah. just, and because um, that's said like pretty early in the movie, Mishma says something like that, where he's like, um, you know, words are words and they're not reality. And then reality is something else. But there is that blending and, and the filmmaking choices do that so well because you have this intercutting with both those things so that it, it forms this narrative in a lot of ways that this character is following in both, but it's always yeah. clear which one you're in. Yeah, and it, it's somehow like, uh, like the plots are separate, but thematically it all feels cohesive. Like it all yeah. feels like it's part of a greater thing. It, yeah. It's just, I, I, I really haven't seen anything like it. It's just like such a celebration of this author. And like, and again, you can tell that this dude, like that Paul Schrader loves this dude. Cause you have to read all these books and then be like, Oh, this really syncs up with like this part of his life. And like, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like to read the books and be like, Oh yeah. Like that's in real life. When this happened, I'm very happy that Paul Schrader was able to make this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, I was constantly thinking be stoked because I was like, clearly Paul Schrader knows what he's doing in terms of like getting bang for your buck, but also there's clearly money behind this. I'm like, how yeah. do you sell this? How do you sell this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it, it didn't surprise me at all that when I read that line about it being like the like his favorite movie that he's done basically because it's so clear how much love he put into it. Yeah, there's there's so much. I guess the the style is like not only pure style, but it feels just so sincere. Like it yeah. feels like it's just from him. Hundred percent. Like it feels like while he was writing it, he just like saw it while he was writing it. It was just like, yeah, that's what that looks like. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was great. <laughs> it was Excellent. Great. Yeah. That was very yeah. Just just a great experience. And like you know, again, there was a lot of stuff that I went over in my head, but it was still such just an enjoyable experience to watch. Just, yeah. just a, just a beautiful film, you know. It, it's just like compelling in, in a lot of different ways, but especially visual, which is so important. Yeah. I, when I have to be honest, when I sat down to watch it, I was like not in the mood for like a very serious movie, and I almost watched the platform first, and I was like, like just the title alone, I was like, a life in four chapters, like, all right, <laughs> like all right, and yet, and yet he does it. <laughs> And, and then, and then, yeah, the, 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 it just started and I was like, all right, <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's so, so clean too. Like it's, 
just the presentation is so effective and like you, there's so much movement of the camera that's like subtle sometimes like in the beginning the camera like comes down into the garden and like gets next to him and I wasn't sure at first I was like is it zooming or is it tracking and, and I was like oh shit it's just like tracking and dropping like it's on a it's like damn okay cool it's on a crane and then um there was some there was a scene when he's like talking when the, in the uh, first one the golden temple one when he comes the guy goes into his like master's room or something and the camera just like very slowly just kind of just like drops down and it's like almost not noticeable but it's so effective yeah the, he's playing like Chinese checkers or like Mahjong or something, the master. And the thing, it, the board is um, like forced perspective. It's like literally like not <laughs> anatomically correct. It's not square. It juts out. Oh, I so don't think I even noticed that. I, I swear to God that happens. Almost. No, I believe it. I mean, th- that's the thing. There was a lot of things I did notice, but they were always super subtle that it's like, you got to kind of take a second and be like, oh, yeah, they, they are doing that. Like, it yeah. wasn't flashy, but it was, it was like really complex in a lot of ways, but very yeah. subtly, which is the best kind of, of yeah. complex, you know? And like seeing this now, I, I saw like so much stuff that I didn't know was influenced by this. And I was like, it has to be now. Like, it, unless something like this came before this that I don't know about, besides like some things with House, I feel like we're a little similar. And I'm guessing Paul Schrader probably watched House. Yeah. But like, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It's all good. <laughs> but yeah, like besides that, I there's so much stuff that came after this that I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's that. What, do you have an example? Because I, I believe you, but I can't think of anything. There's one movie by Lars von Trier, um, who is a director I like a lot some of the time. I like his good movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. Um, uh, there's. It's called Dogtown. It's it's really good in terms of character and character dialogue, but it it drags on you. Uh, it, it's it's a lot like Our Town. It's kind of shot like a play, with a little yeah. more to it. There's one astounding shot in it that like is one of my favorite shots in anything ever. But but the rest of it is it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that does happen sometimes. It's it's like three hours and twenty minutes long. It's so long. Yeah. Like, but anyway, and then um, there was this comedy show on Adult Swim called Million Dollar Extreme that did a lot of like set stuff where they would like show the edge of the set and and like looking at this, I. I can't imagine that the creators of that didn't watch this movie but yeah i'm trying to th- yeah this this movie is just amazing i really liked it yeah i think i'll definitely be watching it again and just like i yeah i really wasn't bored at any point in it either yeah even just, when it was like slower parts that i didn't fully understand in terms of like the context whenever i was like still it's, i mean it's great it just looks great yeah i'm sold yeah. you know yep um yeah and i do appreciate that paul schrader is willing to take his time you know, like it never felt like it was rushing through it, but it was still compelling. Yeah. Yeah. He gets it. He's, yeah. I feel like, I feel like one of the last things that a, a director usually really masters is like pacing. I feel like, like, I think a lot of people do pacing and like understand pacing, but it's like when you can like master it and like make it part of the movie, even it's like that. Yeah. Incredible. He makes such, especially watching that little documentary, he makes such intentional choices with pacing and like very much understands like when you start a scene and when you end a scene can add so much to pacing 
and like how much space you put in between each action. Like it's very, very, he's just, he just gets it from a lot of different yeah. angles. And um, another thing that he said, I mean, I'm sure you'll watch it, but he said like every movie, he's like, yeah, not a lot, like not all my movies are good, but I try to do something different with every single movie I do. And it's so clear that he's always cool. just like putting himself fully into like this concept and then, all right, I want to try something else. And I love that, you know, he's like not afraid to, you know, fail if that's what happens. I mean, I have a hard time believing that there are bad movies that he made, but maybe, um, you know, maybe he just has a high bar for himself. But I, I could imagine him getting into a scenario where he just like wasn't given enough time and just made a rushed product. I could see there, that. There is one movie that he talks about, actually, that he was like. He's like tearing up while he's talking about it. It's basically this movie that they like took out of his hands and like oh just God. took his like artistic spin out of it. And then later it takes, he had like archive footage. He like went to the studio. He's like, okay, can I just have the footage to do a personal project? And they're like, no. So he just took the footage that he had and then recut it. And it's like in some archive that you can request this re-edited version of the movie. Like he couldn't like sell it but it's in an archive. And if you send him a request, he'll like send you the movie. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He's that's the real sick. deal. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's why I actually, I, I only know of one director who's done it. Um, Michael Haneke, who, who's, who's a pretty good director. And he remade his own movie. Not for that reason. I think he remade it because it was like a commentary on, on audiences and like they wanted him, they wanted, like the, some studio wanted the rights to do an American remake. And he was like, well, I'll, I'll remake it because <laughs> it's going to comment on the different audience. It's a good opportunity anyway. Nice. Um, I haven't seen the remake. I really liked the original up until the last like 20 minutes. Um, I would recommend checking it out. It's, it's really good. What's it uh, called? Funny Games. Funny Games? Yeah. I think you told me about it. I, I told you about it a couple of times. It's, it's probably the only movie. It's got a great usage of uh, turning and winking to the camera <laughs> you know how much i love that yeah it's fucking great um but then it uh, kind of falls apart at the end yeah this goes very you'll, you'll watch it you'll you'll know exactly what i'm talking about i'm sure yeah no, um, i definitely will watch it yeah i think i i honestly think that would be like a thing that more directors should do especially when they Especially in a in a business that's so like fluctuating as um as like the movie industry is, I'm sure if you get the opportunity to direct your first movie, you're gonna want to choose the one that is kind of like your baby. And then like yeah. you do that, and it's the one that you do first, so you have the least experience, maybe the lower end of the budget, and like a lot more studio interference. You know, I don't think it's that out of the question that like later you would be like, all right, I have the know-how, I want to actually do this shit. Like, yeah, actually- definitely. And it's just cool to see that he did it. They actually, him and I think it was the editor for First Reformed, they like worked on the editing together for both those things. And they worked on them at the same time. They were like going back and forth. They'd be like, all right, let's work on First Reformed today. And let's work on like this other movie that's just like a passion project this day. It's just cool. And I think we've talked about this too, like sometimes feeling like, oh, we, we should only be working on one thing at once. But realizing, like, that's, that's not always... Sometimes it's good to do things that are, like, polar opposites. And, you know. I, yeah, I've broken that rule at this point. Just yeah, because me I, too. I, I think sometimes it can, like, help kind of spur you on. Yeah, but it's always but, cool when you see, like, a very successful director being like, yeah, I'm just, like, working on a couple different things, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great that he's able to say, like, um, that, that he knows exactly, like, what he's borrowing, too. Because, I you know, 
Yeah. Wes Anderson had a similar thing, and he was like, "Yeah, I was writing um, Moonrise Kingdom. There was a prop in it, like this yellow tent. That was a really big part of like one of the acts." And then I realized that in one of my previous movies, there was a yellow tent. That was a really big part of that. And he was like, was it okay to use that twice? And he was like, it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I like, <laughs> so I was like, fuck it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's so much of, of filmmaking, I think, is like watching a lot of movies and then being like, oh, that works. And doing your own spin or just like doing the same thing because it's really cool and you want to do yeah. it. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, there's exactly. nothing wrong with that. There's like, nothing wrong with that. Especially if it works both times, like, fuck Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. If you're like, well, this is like the best one for it. And I'm sure there's, you know, so many times where, you know, and stuff that I, I, I make down the road where accidentally you do a shot from something you've seen because it's just like, it just stayed with you, like that composition. Yeah, yeah like there's a million movies that have a million over-the-shoulder shots. Right. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good to be able to like let yourself take inspiration and be transparent about it too. Yeah, it's just better. But yeah. yeah. I don't- just really good. Paul Schrader is good. Yeah, he's great. I'm very excited I- to watch the rest of that collection. Yeah. Um, is it just like the Schrader collection? Yeah, it's just the Paul Schrader collection. There's only three movies in there, but... They all look very different from each other. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see that. But yeah, I think we should wrap up unless you have... Oh, I actually have one more thing about Mishma. I especially liked the approach to the book sets, like the when it was in the, like the book worlds. I was thinking about it because I feel like when I'm reading a book, I only visualize like certain parts of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really like... I don't imagine it as like a complete scene usually. I just sort of like focus in on like what is being described. If that makes sense. Character names. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> in movies or in books. Um, but that's sort of the, the um, approach to the set design too, is like there's these important images in this like sort of void. I don't know if yeah. that's exactly what yeah. the thought process was. But, but, yeah, I mean, that's like completely unprovable, but no, like, I, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like halfway through, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how books are, like when I think of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think whether that's, like, exactly what he thought of or if that was, like, part of it, like, yeah, I, I mean, whether or not he, he meant for it, that worked. Yeah, like, it's still oh, there. It's yeah, bad. for sure. He's at least looking for that, like, kind of ethereal kind of, like, feeling to it, which it nailed. Like, it just 100%. felt so, so, like, poetic, but it didn't sacrifice. Like, I wasn't rolling my eyes that there was such a drastic choice made. Not at all. It was just so effective and beautiful. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. All right. I did too. I really did. Um, Any other thoughts on this one before you wrap up? I'm trying to think. No, I think I'll probably read up on the guy and then just watch it again. Yeah. I'm definitely really interested to learn about him more. Maybe like read some of the books. Yeah. Um, Just cool. Yeah. Definitely made me interested in in the person too, which I'm sure is, was like a lot of his intention as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to see like how much, well, I mean, I'm sure, like, most of it is at least, like, real, but I would like to see, like, what, ex- like, I'd like to know the whole story, because I'd like to see how much he took into the novels and took into all sections of it, like, I think, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, what are you thinking out of town, this one? I'm thinking a nine. I can definitely see that. I was going to say an eight, but I totally, I think maybe even on a rewatch, once I know more, I think it'll probably go up, you know? Yeah, I could, I could do nine to eight and a half. I just feel like... I, yeah, I usually don't give high ratings until like a second watch. So like really, it probably is more like an eight and a half. I don't, 
I don't know. I, I, I definitely do, but depending on the movie. It, it depends. Eight and a half was an easy high rating. It was an easy. It's okay. Nine. I'll let you. I'll let you rate it a nine, Tyler. <laughs> okay. I won't. I won't roast you for that. No, no I, I think it's. I can totally well, see a nine. It was an excellent movie. Just when something is so, um, like adventurous and 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 nails most of it, even. And I think this nailed almost all of it. Yeah. And, yeah, um, I can agree with that. So yeah, I I I, I think I'd give it a nine. Maybe it'll or, drop. Maybe I'll end not. up dating it once I learn about the real guy. And obviously, you can't separate art from artists. So, <laughs> um, yeah. If if we learn nothing from this movie, all right. Well, okay. That was talky talk. <clears throat> wow. Thanks for joining us this week, Derek. <laughs> Again, and nobody else. Shout out to Derek. <laughs> I doubt he's ever gonna fucking watch this or listen we'll to this. Yeah, that's true. Um, I will next say, week. Oh, go ahead. I will say I am annoyed that Criterion doesn't just have like its whole collection on the fifteen dollars streaming service that it offers. It's like that twelve dollars, but I feel you. Um, but they actually do have more than what is in. So the, the the movies they have on there are not just Criterion Collection movies. So oh, it's like really? a mix. Yeah. So I I think it's good, and they bring in new stuff a lot. They definitely rotate out stuff, but. They have a list of like what's leaving next month. So I typically go to that, see what I'm interested in, and then put that higher on the list for myself. Um, it's cool though. I mean, there's definitely still like a, a few kinks in it, but the, sol- yeah, the, just, the library is great. Yeah, no, it, it, I'm, I mean, there's no um, shortage of great stuff. Yeah. But uh, it is just like, I literally used to go into Barnes & Noble whenever I ended up there, which was not that often. But when I went there, I would go into the, the section where they have like the physical copies and I would write down like which ones look interesting. Yeah. And <laughs> like uh, quite a few of those are just like not on and I'm kind of annoyed by that. I but, feel you. I'd like yeah. to see more contemporary stuff on there. Yeah. They have some stuff, but you know, the more contemporary like Criterion Collection stuff would be good to see. But I mean, no complaints. I love, it's my favorite streaming service, I think. What about all those fantastic Netflix originals? <laughs> like the hey. platform. Like the platform. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, oh, thanks well. for joining us, guys. Next week, I bet Tyler didn't pick his yet. Next week. Oh, I don't know. Next okay. week, uh, my pick is the 1974 Chinatown, written by Robert Town, directed by the controversial Roman Polanski. And Tyler. What makes him controversial? I don't fill me in. Um, they just said that Chinatown was too good of a movie. <laughs> okay. I'm very excited uh, to watch that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. It's, it's literally been a movie that I've wanted to watch for maybe like a, a decade because I always liked uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And then I was like, I'll watch all of Jack Nicholson's movies. And I was like, I'll watch all his critically acclaimed movies. And then I didn't. Yeah, so, you that's know, how it be. But he's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I can't wait. I know I'm just going to love it. Like, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's just totally my fucking thing. No. Um, I am going to recommend kind of a shot in the dark. It's called Le Semorai. Oh, geez. Um, it's directed by this guy who's, who's his name is Jean-Pierre Melville. Oh, he's good. quite good. Um, he's quite good. I have not seen most of his other stuff, but I watched a movie by him called, um, I think, Army of Shadows, um, which was a little long-winded, but was just like absolutely fantastic looking, like really well shot, um, cool story. 
And uh, uh, yeah, this one's supposed to be a crime thriller, I think. So similar, probably. Oh, yeah. It's cool to have like similar themes to compare. Yeah, yeah, it'll make comparing them easier. So we'll we'll see. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you want to send that in the chat? Because I have no idea what you you just said. It's on Criterion. All right. Well, I I still don't. Think of, yeah, it's it's the samurai, but in French, le samurai. Oh, you said it too quickly. Le samurai. Yeah, I, I, it's difficult because I have perfect French pronunciation. So I yeah, right. So you just mumble through it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, you know, let, let us know what you think in the comments, Derek. And uh, <laughs> like, comment, and subscribe. Even Watch if you're those. already subscribed, just unsubscribe and resubscribe so I can get the email notice again. 100%, yeah. Send me an AIM. I'm on there usually. <laughs> it's my one social media. All right, guys. And uh, watch the platform. Couldn't recommend it enough. <laughs> Just don't. You don't have to. Watch the other ones, though. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace out.